On Enmeshed, we discuss crimes and situations that may be disturbing for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Enmeshed, the show that reveals some of the most poisonous people come disguised as family. Enmeshed family members are fused together by unhealthy emotions instead of the strong bonds that signal a well-functioning family. Boundaries are blurred and unhealthy relationship patterns are formed. Hello and welcome to Enmeshed, the podcast that explores family relationships and crime. I'm Amanda. And I'm Pam. And today we're traveling to France to talk about the French murderers Christine and Leah Papin most commonly referred to as the Papin sisters. Bonjour, Amanda. <laughs> Bonjour. That was, that was pretty good. Um, so through our research of this case, which this case has been pretty widely uh, covered previously, um, we've found several different pronunciations of the last name Papin. Um, we've heard Papin, Papin, and Papien. So we tried to figure out the correct pronunciation, um, but, I mean, you probably know this since you're my mom. Uh, I did take French from seventh grade until, what, senior year of high school? Yes, and you were very good. Merci beaucoup. I, however, only took one year of German, so my pronunciation may be rough. Maybe rough. Well, fortunately, uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of the French pronunciations today. So I feel like we planned that out pretty well. Oui, oui. <laughs> all right, you're getting better. I might just let you pronounce all the French words. I'll stop and then you can pronounce all the French names and cities and all of that. And uh, we should be good. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. So um, anyways, based on French background and of course, out of respect for the French language, uh, I will be pronouncing the names as closely to the French translation as possible. It's been a little while since I've pronounced French words, so I will try my best. Uh, I have been working on my Duolingo uh, for anyone that uses that app. I've learned a lot about um, cats, dogs, croissants, pizza lately, so I think I should be good to go for today. Okay. All right, let's jump right into it. So when you Google this case, the two words used most frequently are gruesome and savage. So let that be a warning to you. The murders are something of a cultural touchstone in modern French history with books and plays and all kinds of analysis about the sisters making their way into the cultural climate ever since. Let's set the stage on the evening of February 2nd, 1933 in Le Mans, France, a town about two and a half hours southwest of Paris. The sisters were live-in maids to the well-off Lancelot family, comprised of retired solicitor René, his wife Léonie, and their adult daughter Genevieve. René and Léonie had another daughter, but she was married and no longer lived in the beautiful townhouse at number 6 Rue Briere. The sisters had been working for the family since 1926, so they were familiar with the temperaments and preferences of their employers. Before working for the Lancelot, 
both of the women had experience as maids in various homes throughout Le Mans, so they were no strangers to hard work either. Their days were long and thankless, and it's believed that neither Rene nor Leonie ever spoke directly to either of the sisters in their seven years of working for them. Instead, Leonie would leave them written instructions if she wanted to communicate with either of them. She'd follow up behind the women with white gloves to ensure they were cleaning her house correctly. Oh, that's horrible. However, on the other hand, the sisters were treated fairly. They got to work together. They were paid standard wages of the time. They ate the same food as the Lancelon. And the room they shared was heated. Reports of these little comforts made the crime of the Papin sisters all the more shocking in 1933. Those were some pretty good pronunciations for one year of German, just FYI. Merci beaucoup. So that evening, no one was supposed to be home except Christine and Leah. They'd had a busy day of chores and errands, and to cap it all off, they'd accidentally blown a fuse, killing power throughout the house. Since it was just going to be the two of them for the evening, or so they thought, they decided to put off the repair until the next morning. Unfortunately for everyone involved, Leonie and Genevieve returned home earlier than expected. Christine tried to explain why the house was completely dark, and rather than shrug it off, Leonie flew into a violent rage, attacking Christine on the first floor landing. She underestimated Christine's own pent-up anger, though, and took a pewter jug to the head. Hearing the commotion, Leah ran down from the attic. Under Christine's direction, the sisters began beating Leonie and Genevieve, scratching and gouging at their eyes. Over the course of two hours, Christine and Leah Papin savagely beat Leonie and Genevieve. At one point, Christine ran to the kitchen to grab a knife and a hammer. The sisters stabbed them dozens of times, slicing at their faces, thighs, and genitals, and they smashed their heads in with the hammer. Their rage even sent one of Genevieve's eyes onto the nearby staircase. In a final act of degradation, they smeared Genevieve's menstrual blood all over Leonie's body. Oh, that's so gross. That is some intense overkill. Can you imagine how angry or psychotic these sisters had to be to beat and stab and gouge for two hours? It would be so exhausting mentally and physically. Well, we'll get into some expert theories a little bit later about how they could have sustained such an attack for so long. After they were, what, satisfied or tired out, that's when they decided to clean themselves up, lock the house up tight, and then locked themselves in their room with the lit candle. Oh, and also the bloody hammer by their side. I think now would be a great time for a break. When we come back, we'll talk about their upbringing, theories around the case, and their arrest and punishment. Are you planning an event with audio and visual needs but are not sure where to start? Waves Entertainment can help. Waves Entertainment is your premier full-service management company with high-quality custom solutions for any size event. Whether you are planning a large festival or concert, 
a corporate meeting or wedding, Waves Entertainment will power your event to excellence. Our team of industry professionals work closely with your vision to ensure your audience hears every word, sees every detail, and remembers the experience. Our goal is to ensure your event is customized to fit your needs and provide professional-grade equipment to amplify your message. From live stage production and talent booking to vendor coordination, event staffing, and more, Waves Entertainment is your one-stop shop for the perfect event. Visit our website, wavesentertainment.com, or give us a call at 704-662-2435. That's 704-662-2435. Waves Entertainment, powering your event to excellence. Welcome back to the story of the Papin sisters. With almost all of the most shocking details out of the way, let's back up to their childhoods. Christine and Leia were born to Clémence and Gustave Papin in Le Mans. They had an older sister, Amelia, who was born just five months after Clémence and Gustave's 1901 wedding. Well, you know the old saying, the first baby can come at any time, but the rest take nine months. Mm, very clever. Can you say that in French now? Oui, oui. No. <laughs> All right. So Christine followed in 1905 and Leia was born in 1911. By all accounts, Clémence was a cold, distant, and calculating mother, and Gustave was a frequently drunk and jealous man. It's believed that they sent Amelia to an orphanage not long after Leia was born. The reason? Gustave had raped Amelia, and Clémence believed her daughter, at just nine or ten years of age, had seduced her own father. Years later, both Christine and Leia would join Amelia at the orphanage after bouncing around between various relatives' homes. You almost have to assume that if Gustave molested and raped Amelia, he likely did the same to Christine and Leia, if given the chance. So disgusting and yet seemingly rampant. I just don't get this. I think the only thing that would have saved them from it is if they spent way more time with these other aunts and uncles than in their own home. As a teenager, Amelia decided to become a nun, which essentially cut her off from the family. Christine wanted to follow in her footsteps, but Clémence had other ideas. She had sent them to an orphanage until they were old enough to work, and at that point, she pulled Christine and Leia out of the orphanage and forced them to find jobs as maids. She was never content with how much money the girls sent home, and she made them quit perfectly fine jobs to find better-paying ones. I'm under the impression that their seven years with the Lancelon was their longest single stint of employment with the same family. So let's come back to the night of the attack. René was supposed to meet up with his wife and daughter at a friend's dinner party. When he discovered they weren't there, he went home and found all the lights were out and the front door was bolted from the inside. A single lit candle in the attic could be seen from the street. René and his son-in-law were concerned that robbers had overpowered all the women and then tied them up so they could ransack the house in peace, so they went to the police who broke into the townhouse. 
Keeping Rene and his son-in-law outside, the police carefully combed through the house in search of robbers. Instead, they found the violent scene laid out on the first floor landing, including Genevieve's eyeball on the steps. The officers assumed they'd find the Papin sisters in a similar state and continued to search through the house room by room, finally making their way to the locked attic door. Once a locksmith pried the door open, the officers were shocked to find the sisters sharing a bed, the bloody hammer with bits of brain matter and hair on it resting on a nearby chair. So some reports say that the sisters were naked, while others say that they were in their bathrobes. There's allegations of incest between the sisters, as well as, of course, fierce enmeshment. Now, in my research, I did read that they had gone to a fortune teller uh, years before, and the fortune teller told them that they had been husband and wife in a previous life. So since they were, you know, in this house, only able to speak to each other, maybe they just went with that theory to, you know, get through their lives. Wow. That was a lot you just unpacked. I know, but (laughs) I mean, can you imagine not the family you work for for seven years does not speak to you? You can't even look them in the eye and you only have each other. Yeah. So I guess in some weird, twisted way, it makes sense. Yeah. Immediately, both of the women confessed to the murders as self-defense, saying it was either them or the Lancelons. Under questioning, Leia said, I am deaf and dumb, and refused to cooperate. I mean, it's a pretty genius excuse. (laughs) Dang, I could have used that excuse a few times in my life. The case attracted immediate attention through France and beyond. Scholars, psychologists, and others all wanted to weigh in on the motives and mental state of the sisters. Some tried to paint their actions as a rebellion against the upper class that the collective unconsciousness of the poor and downtrodden had manifested into one evening of violent, horrifying rage perpetrated by these two sisters. Others chalked it up to mental illness, citing a family history of suicide and violence. Still, more grabbed onto this strangely close relationship the sisters shared— Some theorized that there'd never been a power outage, and instead that either Genevieve or Leonie had caught the Papin sisters in an incestuous relationship. The theory gained traction in certain circles because each of the women claimed sole responsibility during the trial, trying to save the other. They were separated from one another in prison, and Christine frequently begged to see Leia. Her distress grew to such a point that prison officials took pity on her and allowed the two a visit. It's said that Christine immediately rushed to Leia and tried to take her clothes off, further cementing the incest theory. Oh, goodness. You know it's a meshment when they cover for each other, as we've seen in many other sibling cases. Before the trial was finished, Christine suffered from a, quote, fit and tried to gouge out her own eyes. She used this as an example of her mental state the day of the murders and tried to claim not guilty by reason of insanity. It didn't work. They were both declared sane and found guilty for the murders of Léonie and Geneviève Lassalon in September of 1933. 
Though their lawyers had ultimately lost the case, they had successfully argued that the pair suffered from shared paranoid disorder, better known as folie à deux. This is where a couple or group of people believe in the same non-reality, usually stemming from isolation, and there's almost always one stronger, dominant individual with a follower. In this case, it was believed that Christine was the instigator and mastermind, with Leia following her directions. So Christine was sentenced to die by guillotine, while Leia was given a sentence of 10 years in prison. Christine's sentence was later commuted to a life in prison, where she subsequently starved herself to death by 1937. Leia was released after eight years for good behavior and went to live with her horrible mother in nearby Nantes, taking on a fake identity and working as, you guessed it, a hotel maid. And here's where it gets a little interesting one more time. It's possible Leia died in 1982 after living a quiet and unassuming life in Nantes. But in 2000, a French filmmaker set out to make a documentary about the sisters called En Cuete des Sœurs Papin, or in English, In Search of the Papin Sisters. He claims to have found Leia Papin in a French hospice center. This woman had suffered a stroke and was unable to speak and died in 2001. The filmmaker never provided adequate proof that this woman was indeed the murderer, Leia Papin. So, Pamela, what are your les pensées on this case? Well, if you mean my thoughts. That's what I mean. I think that this is a combination of class warfare and mental illness that just became the perfect storm. Very, very sad story. And there is a dramatic movie made about these two Papin sisters in 2000 called Murderous Maids. I think you can find it on Netflix or somewhere out there. Um, it got three out of five stars. So have at it. Mm. All right. And as a uh, wine connoisseur, you know, French wine, what, what are your thoughts on that? What are your les, les pensées on French wine? Well, I feel like I am ready for a glass of fumé, as that is my favorite French wine. All right. Well, sounds good. It's uh, 2 p.m. in the afternoon on a, uh, what day is it, Thursday? But I feel like somewhere out there, it's happy hour right now. So mommy's helper. Let's do it. All right, everyone. Well, that's a wrap for today. Au revoir. And we will see you next week for a brand new episode of Enmeshed. Au revoir. It's estimated that one in five Americans suffer from mental illness. If you or someone you know needs help with mental illness, you can call the National Alliance of Mental Illness, which is NAMI. The helpline number is 1-800-950-6264. In a crisis, text capital NAMI to 741 741 
for 24-7 confidential free crisis counseling. Thank you for listening. All of our sources are in today's show notes as well as those important resources. You can find us at Enmeshed underscore True Crime Podcast on Instagram or Enmeshed True Crime Podcast on Facebook and let us know what you think. You can also get a behind the scenes look at the show and chat with us about any of the cases you've heard here or share case suggestions. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to keep up with Enmeshed and join us every Monday for fresh takes on stale relationships. Enmeshed is an Oh No production. Oh no!